Cardi B slanders Candace Owens' family and Candace destroys her. America's racial politics gets even more contentious. And President Biden's border crisis explodes. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I protect my data with a VPN. So should you. Visit expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. Speaking of which, if you choose to believe the tech giants, then all you need to do to surf the internet privately is turn on incognito mode in your browser. But then you're supposed to trust big tech with solutions to your online privacy, which is a bad, bad idea. It doesn't matter what browser mode you use or how often you clear that browsing history. Your ISP can see every single website you've ever visited. They can even sell your data to advertisers, which is why I use ExpressVPN to keep my online data secure and private. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP and third-party trackers can't see your online activity and location. It does that by rerouting your connection through a secure encrypted server. In fact, ExpressVPN protects all your data regardless of whether you use incognito mode. ExpressVPN has you covered with easy-to-use apps for computers and mobile devices so you can use the internet in confidence. All you have to do is tap one button and now you are protected. ExpressVPN is also the fastest, most trusted VPN on the market. So protect your online activity today with the VPN I trust to keep me private. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Why trust big tech with your data? Instead, take your data back. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. All righty. So as you know, the Grammys the other night featured what was essentially soft por- pornography. Now, that, that's really what it was. If you go back to like 1990 and you look at what softcore pornography was at the time, that is what now appears on mainstream television shows in the United States today. And the, the shift in American life from what was private activity to public activity that must be approved by the public is pretty astonishing. And it's worth tracing for a second because what we have seen is that there was an argument that went something like this in the 1970s. What I do in my bedroom is my business. And that argument is somewhat convincing. For those of us who just want to live a life where we are left alone by others, the idea that consensual activity between adults in private is basically none of the government's business and societally speaking can be condemned by others, but really is is not generally the the, the thing that people should be discussing in public. Yeah, that, that at least is kind of fair, right? There's at least something to that argument. But the argument from what I do in my bedroom is my business to what I do in my bedroom is your business should be celebrated, should be put on a pedestal. And if you refuse to celebrate this and put this on a pedestal, this means that you're a bad person in some way. It is a complete reversal of public morality because there's a, a process that is used very often by the political left. And it goes something like this. If you're polite, you'll leave me alone, right? You won't say that my activity in private is sinful. And people go, okay, that's that like, okay, I guess. And then it goes, well, I want to say what I want to say publicly. And if you say anything, then you're really being impolite. And you say, well, but don't I get to have an opinion? And they say, well, no, if you, if you don't celebrate what I am doing, then you are being impolite. Politeness becomes a weapon. Well, at a certain point, being, being polite to people who wish to tear down all traditional values is a large-scale mistake. And what we have seen in the United States is the triumph of what some philosophers have called expressive individualism, the idea that you get to do what you want and the rest of the world is supposed to adapt to you. This has been written into our Supreme Court decisions. Famously in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, Justice Anthony Kennedy, one of the worst justices of the modern era, wrote an entire swath of the decision in which he suggested that the Constitution provides us all our own right to define life, liberty, and the nature of the universe. Somehow this also allowed us all to define the nature of human life itself, such that you could kill a baby in the womb. 
But this idea that you have a right to define the universe around you is ridiculous. It's ridiculous on its face. The universe around you exists. It is an objective reality. You don't have the right to redefine society that is not in accordance with reality. And yet that is exactly what we have been pushing now. Somebody is going to win the cultural battle. Somebody is going to win the cultural space. And the people who have won the cultural space and the cultural battle are the people who have exploited the politeness of traditional conservatives in order to completely tear away any semblance of traditional values. And that's how you end up with what you saw on the Grammys, right? There's some deeper roots to this sort of stuff. And yes, we've seen this sort of nonsense in public for for decades at this point. But I think it is fair to say that there is even a, a step from Britney Spears and Madonna faux making out on the MTV Video Music Awards in like 2003 to people full on simulating lesbian sex on stage <laughs> in the middle of the Grammy Awards. So if you didn't see it, Cardi B and uh, it, this is not for youngins. This is not for the children, although the Grammys wouldn't warn you about it, obviously. Actually, this is very good for kids. According to folks on the left, this is just sex positivity. It's excellent. As long as your kids are old enough to know what sex is, then they should also understand that gender is fluid. All forms of sexual behavior are decent and good and non-sinful and, and ought to be celebrated. And Dr. Seuss is really bad. If I Ran the Zoo is super damaging to your 10-year-old. If, you're, if your 8, 10, 6-year-old reads If I Ran the Zoo, they will inevitably come away a brutal, vicious racist. But if they watch WAP being performed by a pair of women who, in any other polite company, their behavior would, would be stripper behavior. I mean, this is stripper behavior on stage with music. I mean, that, that's what it is. Then that apparently is good for your kids. Or at least it's okay for your kids. At least it's not bad for your kids. If I ran the zoo, it's bad for your kids. This sort of stuff is not bad for your kids, according to the mainstream left at this point. Right? This should be celebrated. It's good. Okay, anyway, here's what that looked like. Oh, the heights of Western civilization happening right here. Okay. I mean, it's just unreal. So, obviously, the glories of Western civilization from Beethoven to this in just a couple of hundred years. Really strong stuff. And by the way, commentators suggesting that this sort of stuff is on par with Shakespeare. Sir, I'm not kidding you. There are commentators who have said this. This is on par with Shakespeare. It's like modern Shakespeare. One commentator compared it to King Lear, which makes sense if you were dropped on your head repeatedly as a baby and then smashed by a truck. That, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so the reason this is relevant is not because this particular video is in and of itself all that important. It's just indicative of a cultural rot that has set in. And so... I'm not the only person who believes this. I think tens of millions of Americans believe this, that if you watch this and you don't see cultural rot at work, it's because you don't wish to see the cultural rot at work, that there is a, a large scale difference between the, the music of Duke Ellington and this garbage, right? There is a very, very large scale cultural difference between the sort of behavior that was celebrated in America's past and the sort of behavior that is celebrated today in America. And the behavior that's celebrated today is the most fringe behavior. It is the most, it is the most exhibitionist behavior because that exhibitionist behavior is breaking boundaries, you see. And that's the real key. This is not culture. This is not even counterculture. This is anti-culture, right? It's just garbage designed to tear things down. And that's why it's being celebrated, right? The reason that this is a quote-unquote important song is because it's tearing down cultural barriers to female pleasure, as though female pleasure resides apparently in the simulation of lesbian sex on stage at the Grammys, which is a, a very odd take, to say the least. Okay, so Candace Owens made this point the other day on Fox News. She said that Western civilization is not going to go on much longer if this is the sort of culture we produce. She happens not to be wrong about this. This prompted a spat with Cardi B. For some reason, Cardi B just cannot help responding to Candace Owens. And this prompted a rather fascinating Twitter exchange, mainly in how the media covered the Twitter exchange. 
So Candace has a brand new show here on Daily Wire. There's a reason you should go subscribe to Daily Wire right now and use promo code Candace to get 25% off. And yeah, I'm not above a shameless pitch for Candace's show because this is the kind of stuff that Candace does, right? I mean, Candace is going to step into culture wars and she is going to emerge victorious. So Cardi B tweeted out the clip of Candace talking about her dumb, crappy song. And she wrote, yay, we made Fox News, guys. Wap, wap, wap. Because she is such, and just like Shakespeare would. Just like Shakespeare would, guys. She's like an Aristotelian figure, Cardi B. What an important cultural figure. Candace Owens replied, just at me next time directly. You are a cancer cell to culture. Young black girls are having their minds poisoned by what you are trying to package and sell to them as empowerment. I'm one of the few that has the courage to tell you the truth. You should thank me. <laughs> okay, that is correct. I'm sorry that Cardi B's behavior is not, in fact, female empowerment. Female empowerment is a woman not turning herself into a sex object for the viewing of men. Because let's be frank about this. That's exactly what Cardi B is doing in that song. A huge number of men are consuming that product in the same way they consumed Playboy in the 1960s. To pretend otherwise is to be ridiculous. Okay, so this conversation continued. She said, the reason my comments always get you into your feelings is because deep down, you know what I'm saying is true. You're in a position to empower young women to aspire to something more than taking off their clothes, but you don't feel that you can be more. Again, not wrong. Okay, Candace continues along these lines. If you think making your husband a sandwich is a sin, but popping your vagina into another woman's vagina in front of the world is power, you are a lost soul. And that was a response to Cardi B suggesting it was really, really bad that Candace Owens had once said that you should make your husband a sandwich. She said, you always love to mention my husband's skin tone. So let me ask, what color are the people that are encouraging you to strip in front of the world? This is a good question. Who owns your record labels? Who owns CBS and the Grammys? Who made the most money off of your WAP? You sold it to who? This is Candace just destroying Cardi B in real time. Millions of young girls follow you. At your best, you are self-deprecating and humorous. At your worst, you are naked, shoving your vagina into another woman's vagina while thrusting a topper. You are at your worst on the Grammy stage. Do better, Cardi B. Okay, correct. Okay, so Cardi B responds. And then she responds with a fake tweet from Candace, which just shows you what a genius Cardi B is. She's a lyrical genius. She's a behavioral genius. She's incredible at what she does. So she found a Photoshopped tweet from Candace. Okay, the Photoshopped tweet, and this is something that the left for some odd reason loves doing. They love doing this. They will Photoshop a tweet from me saying something I've never said, and then they'll run full stories about this. They actually did this at the AV Club at The Onion. And they never retracted it because this is what they do. So there's a fake tweet from Candace that, that was going around saying, yes, my brother did cheat on me. with My husband did cheat on me with my brother. Yes, he said no when I asked to join them. Okay, it's a fake tweet. It's an obviously fake tweet. And Cardi B then tweeted out, not you talking about two women thrusting their vaginas together while your husband and brother slap bleeps and balls together. Well, would you look at that? Wow. So Cardi B is such a genius. She bought into an obviously Photoshop tweet. Okay, full on obviously Photoshop tweet. So Candace replied, I'm literally laughing out loud. Cardi, my dear, that is clearly a Photoshop tweet. Only one of us has a husband that sleeps around, which is <laughs> fact check brutal, but true. Woo, man, don't get into Twitter fights with Candace, I think is the theme of this, this particular episode. Wow. Yes, it is. It is. There's a certain irony to the fact that the Cardi B fans are constantly going around analyzing other people's sex lives while uh, Cardi B's husband is uh, engaging in, in other activities. Cardi B then tweeted back, this wasn't photoshopped. You was trending the whole day when you tweeted this and it was published on a lot of blog outlets. You're right, mine sleeps around. Yours sleeps at yours sleeps at your home with your brother bleep boxing while you tweet me. 
Um, yeah, so semi-literate response there from Cardi B. And then Candace replied, what the actual hell are you talking about? Are you dead serious right now trying to substantiate a Photoshopped tweet? Asking one more time before I get the lawyers to make you publicly admit you're lying and embarrass yourself. And then she says, for, for your information, I do have a brother, a private citizen, who you are slandering right now with this Photoshopped image that you are now publicly claiming you saw tweeted in real life. You want to admit you lied now or get sued so I can expose you as a liar. I win either way. Hey, and then Cardi B tries to reply, quote, not you being mad at me for what you tweeted and is published on a public blogs. I ain't made it up, honey. Google it yourself. And then she proceeds to tweet out a bunch of bizarre fringe blog websites as substantiation for the idea that Candace tweeted something she clearly did not tweet. So finally, Candace concludes, yes, just spoke with my family. I'm 100% suing Cardi for that nonsense. You can't just start throwing out wild lies against private members of my family because you're upset someone called you out on your degenerate performance. I'll keep you all posted. Okay, now, here is the thing. If you look at the headlines in the media today, Cardi B gets completely destroyed in this particular exchange. I mean, just wrecked in this particular exchange. Because number one, she has no response to the idea that she is not actually acting in an empowering way. She's actually acting in a degrading way toward women. If you, if you wonder if that's true, ask yourself, if a man made that music video of two women acting like that, okay, and the two women were not famous, would that be considered an act of empowerment or an act of degradation? I'm old enough to remember when Robin Thicke's White Line, what, what was it called? His, uh, his, his white, I think it was called White Line, right? That was the name of the song. I'm old enough to remember when that uh, Blurred Lines, Blurred Lines, that when Blurred Lines came out, this was considered a deeply exploitative act. Because not, not only because of the lyrics, but because of the way that women were treated by the camera. Okay, so if you take away what you know about the people who are participating in these particular videos, the videos themselves are objectively degrading. But Cardi B has no response to that. So instead, she proceeds to tweet out a bunch of lies about Candace's brother, who is a private citizen. Cardi B, Cardi B is informed that they're lies, and she continues to double down on that. Now, here is the headline. Hey, let me read you the headlines from our mainstream media, from our establishment mainstream media. Rolling Stone, Cardi B fires back at Candace Owens' criticism of WAP Grammy performance. Cardi B has cheekily fired back at Candace Owens' criticisms of her steamy WAP performance with Megan Thee Stallion at the 2021 Grammys on Sunday. Now, that is some seriously excellent media coverage right there. Right? The story is not Cardi B has no defense for her own behavior, proceeds to level defamatory accusations against Candace's immediate family. Right? That's not the headline. The headline is Cardi B is just clapping back, guys. It's just clapping back. Yahoo, Yahoo News. Cardi B and Candace Owens threatened to sue each other after claim pundit's husband cheated with her brother. Cardi B and Candace Owens' Twitter spat ends with legal threats, said page six. It, it's just, it's amazing. Here's the bottom line. Cardi B is a heroine to people who wish to destroy our culture and wish to destroy traditional institutions and wish to destroy traditional values. And so she can get away with anything. That's pretty much the story of this particular exchange. And there is something to this on a broader level, which is that if you are a person who wishes to destroy our culture, if you're a person who wishes to destroy traditional institutions and values, then you are of use to an entire wing of the political side of the aisle. We are in a cultural battle right now to preserve basic ideas like a man is a man and a woman is a woman and men and women don't have exactly the same roles in all aspects of societies and that traditional marriage is a good thing and that decency and sexual behavior is a good thing and that modesty is a good thing 
You know, things that societies have learned over the course of thousands of years are being completely ripped away. And anybody who is of use in ripping away those values is now considered the heroine or hero in any particular exchange. And it doesn't matter what they say or how badly they get wrecked. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter if they say defamatory things. It doesn't matter if what they are doing is deeply exploitative of themselves and others. None of that matters. The only thing that really matters is what the quest to do is about. And what this is really about is, in the end, making sin public and religion private, making a lack of values, the common currency and the common standard, and making values something you're not supposed to say out loud. And if you say values out loud, this makes you a bad person. If you say values out loud, this makes you intolerant and cruel. And people can be as intolerant and cruel to you as they want to be if you say anything about traditional values because you are being judgmental, you see. They're not being judgmental about you in going after you and wrecking your life and suggesting that you ought not have a job if you disagree with them politically or on values. They, they are not the aggressors in this culture war, even if they are the aggressors in this culture war. So yes, these things matter. And you can already see the headlines after today's podcast. Be, Shapiro spends 20 minutes talking about these issues. Right. The reason I spent 20 minutes talking about these particular issues is because they actually matter. Hundreds of millions of people consume this garbage. Hundreds of millions of people. It is garbage with a message. The media know this. If the media didn't think it were important, they would not be pushing it. If the media thought that this was a completely unimportant thing, the media would not be treating it as though it were an important thing. And this is the trick the media love to play. What your left-wing media love to do is treat a fringe, a fringe element of society as the key to unlocking all freedom in human society. And then when you say, well, no, that doesn't make any sense and that's not good for society, they say, how dare you even notice we're doing this? This is the common theme in the, in the culture wars. The, the left will take a hill. The right will say, well, do we want to die on that hill? And the left will say, well, you shouldn't die on that hill because the hill doesn't matter. Why are you even noticing we took this hill? And every time the right surrenders the hill, the left takes another hill. There is no limit. There is no end to the hills that the left will take here. Okay, because every hill is a victory for the left in their war against traditional culture, in their war against people who believe in, again, basic things like marriage and, and purity and innocence and decency and modesty, like all of these things which societies used to treasure are things that have been considered the reverse of good. They are now sinful and bad in and of themselves. That, that is where we are at this point in American society and it is worth noting. It is worth noting who is on the side of people who are publicly performing semi-pornographic acts on stage to the cheers of the media and who are the people who oppose that and who are considered the villains and who are considered the heroes in these particular situations. Because that's a good way of telling who you don't want near your kids or educating your kids. It's a good way of telling who you don't want with their hand at the tiller of our culture. If you're the type of person who cheers on the WAP performance, but you think that anybody who sounds off against this sort of stuff publicly is the problem. I don't want you anywhere near my kids. And I don't think anybody should want you anywhere near their kids. You shouldn't be educating children. Your value system is perverse. You have a problem. Because let's be frank about this. It is not for you about adults getting to do what adults want to do in the consensual privacy of their own bedroom. It is about cramming down on society a standard of what everybody should do and the kind of behaviors that everybody should engage in and what happiness actually means, which according to too much of our society is simply boiled down to whatever self-identity people choose, mainly rooted in, in sexual behavior. Life is a lot more than that, as it turns out. And happiness requires a lot more than that, as our hedonistic society is beginning to find out in truly amazing measure. In just a second, we'll get to the boiling down of society into a certain level 
of essentialism. Right? We've gotten to the point where we believe that all happiness is wrapped up in sex as a society. And now apparently all societal, all societal stability is wrapped up in race. That is the other move that is being made right now by our betters in the culture. It's, it's pretty impressive. The people who are teaching your kids have decided that there are only two things about society and values that your kids ought to know. One is that all forms of sexual behavior are good and anybody who tells you differently is a bad person. And the other thing that your kids must learn and must learn early is that America is a deeply terrible, awful society that discriminates on the basis of race. And if you say you want a meritocracy and a colorblind society, this also makes you the problem. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk for a second about your hiring needs. Okay, so the reality is that we have some good news on the horizon here. Entrepreneurial optimism has increased. In fact, a recent survey shows the highest ever intent for people to start their own businesses in spring 2021. Have you ever wanted to start a business or a side gig? Of course, starting or growing a business means hiring. For that, I'd turn to ZipRecruiter because they make hiring fast and easy. Right now, my listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to send you the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job with one click. ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you. You stand out from the competition. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. As a company, we are constantly hiring people, making sure that we are increasing the skill level of our employees, and ZipRecruiter helps us do that. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Okay, so when I talk about our society inculcating certain values in our kids, there's a certain sexual system that society wants to inculcate in your kids. One, teach your kids that your kids are gender fluid, right? That all kids can choose. Small children can choose whether they are boys or girls. And by the way, make life-altering decisions. They want to say that if you are a person who says that 14-year-olds should not be engaging in body-altering treatments, then this means that you are a bigot. Okay, so the, the, and if you suggest that there ought to be some standards with regard to sexual behavior, that just having sex with any human being is not equivalent, right? That not all sexual acts are, are equivalent, that there ought to be a spiritual or familial component to sex. This makes you a bad person, right? This is the value system that the left would love to teach your children. The media has a, has, has a real agenda here. Obviously, there's a long piece in the Washington Post today. It is titled, A Transgender Girl Struggles to Find Her Voice as Lawmakers Attack Her Right to Exist. So what exactly do they mean by attack her right to exist? What they're talking about is a transgender girl named Chloe Clark. Okay, what that means is that Chloe is a, is a boy. Chloe is a biological boy who believes that he is a girl. Because on this program, we use biological pronouns. Because biological pronouns are the pronouns that have historically been used to describe people's sex. Okay, just to explain that publicly. Once again, this article is all about how a 15-year-old, a 15-year-old has now gotten hormone treatments and wants surgical treatments. A 15-year-old. And remember, if you are a 15-year-old in school, you are not of the age of consent. Your parents have to be called if you want an Advil. But your parents should not be called and doctors should be able to provide you with life-altering surgery. By the way, the longitudinal statistics on transgender surgeries are not in We certainly don't know the longitudinal statistics over the course of time with regard to to just injecting boys with extraordinary amounts of estrogen. We don't know the the actual costs of this 
in terms of biology. We don't know the cost of this in terms of psychology. We don't know any of that. And so many people have said, you know what? We shouldn't be experimenting on children. This is experimenting on children. We understand that kids who are 15 don't have the power of consent. Kids who are 14 don't have the power of consent. So when the Washington Post says that lawmakers are attacking her right to exist, they're not attacking anybody's right to exist. People exist as they exist. What they are attacking is the idea that doctors ought to be able to perform life-altering surgeries on 14 or 15-year-olds based solely on a 14 or 15-year-old declaring themselves a member of the opposite sex, which is a biological unreality. This is the same line that your mainstream establishment media have taken with regard to girls and boys sports. The idea is that you are denying a transgender person's right to exist if you don't want biological boys racing against biological girls in girls sports. So it's not about a right to exist. That is a euphemism. Right. And it is a it is a very fraught euphemism that is being used by the by the establishment media here. So The Washington Post has this long piece about this 15 year old who is uh, who is supposedly stymied by the evils of America. She has spoken out on her own behalf, even as conservative legislators in Missouri waged a fight to criminalize treatments for trans kids like her. Well, no, what they are trying to do is stop doctors per- from performing experimental surgeries on kids who are 14 or 15 years old based on their own declaration that they are a member of the opposite sex, which they are not capable of being because that is a biological unreality. You can never become a biological member of the opposite sex. All you can do is cosmetic surgery to look more like a person of the opposite sex. Again, the longitudinal statistics are not in on whether this actually alleviates problems like suicidality. Her parents had taken her to appointments with doctors and therapists for months. They helped her shop for a new wardrobe of sweaters and dresses and jeans from the women's sections. At 14, she began taking estrogen, medication that helped her friends perceive her as who she was, female. Well, wouldn't that be the entire argument here? Is that this person is not who he was? That this person is a biological male? Okay, that sentence is so replete with value judgments, obviously, and it's being treated as objective journalism. If you have to take medication, to help your friends perceive you as who you are, let me just suggest to you that your biology is an objective measure of one thing about you that makes you who you are. Your own thoughts about yourself are less perceptible. They're less perceivable from the outside. But again, the entire article is designed around the idea that gender is completely fluid, that this is a simple fact, and anybody who opposes this is acting in discriminatory fashion. This is a complete rewriting of how we ought to bring up kids. And it is aimed at kids. I'm old enough to remember when, again, all of these arguments were adults ought to be able to do what adults want to do as long as they consent and as long as they have the power of consent. Consent is not a value anymore because we have ruled as a society that 14-year-olds are not capable of consent. does not matter. We are now prescribing drugs to 14-year-olds based solely on their own self-assessment of their gender. So is consent the value anymore? Because we've determined that at that age, you're not capable of consent. Again, if this 14-year-old wanted to get married, that would be illegal, presumably, in the state of Missouri. But if the 14-year-old wants to wants to have life-altering surgery for cosmetic purposes, then that apparently is perfectly okay. And this is being put not only perfectly okay, praiseworthy, worthy of, worthy of celebration, because anything you think about yourself must be mirrored by society so long as the thing you think about yourself violates traditional standards and values. That's what this is all about. And when it comes to race, our teachers are educating kids in the same sort of thing. Our teachers are educating kids in a certain level of racial essentialism that is designed not at making society a better place, but at making society a significantly worse place. This is why, this is an amazing story. This is why, apparently, according to Luke Rosiak, teachers are now in Loudoun County attempting to compile lists of parents who question the racial curriculum 
This is according to Daily Wire, Luke Rojak, our new investigative reporter. A group of current and former teachers and others in Loudoun County, Virginia, compiled a lengthy list of parents suspected of disagreeing with school system actions, including its teaching of controversial racial concepts, with a stated purpose in part to, quote, infiltrate, use hackers to silence parents' communications, and expose these people publicly. Do you understand how insane this is? You have teachers who are attempting to uncover which parents oppose their racial essentialist agenda. Remember, all of this is not about building a better world. All of this is about just tearing down the world that exists. Members of a 624-member private Facebook group called Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County named parents and plotted fundraising and other offline work. Some use pseudonyms, but the Daily Wire has identified them as a who's who of the affluent jurisdiction outside D.C., including school staff and elected officials. The Sheriff's Criminal Investigations Division is reviewing the matter, but the group's activities might be no surprise to top law enforcement because the county's prosecutor narrowly elected with the help of $845,000 in cash from George Soros, appears to be a member of the Facebook group. Secret communications reviewed by the Daily Wire do not offer any evidence of racism by the group's targets or even attempt to. Their opponents were apparently those who objected to, sought to debate, or were even simply neutral about critical race theory, a radical philosophy, philosophy opposed by many liberals and conservatives, but increasingly embraced by governments. In recent years, Loudoun's school system has flooded its curricula and policies with racial rhetoric, paying about 500 grand to one racial consulting company alone. It required all staff to undergo equity in the center training that promoted a sense of injustice and urgency. The school system proposed and then withdrew a policy that would ban teachers from disagreeing with the school's racial philosophies, even when not on school district property. In January 2020, the school board's equity committee voted unanimously to offer provide equity in the center-like training to parents. Apparently, the Loudoun County teachers are now engaged in an effort to monitor people who disagree with them. This is where we are. We have an entire establishment media, entire teaching system. We have an entire, an entire institutional leadership in the United States dedicated to tearing down traditional values, meritocracy, individualism, traditionalism with regard to marriage, traditionalism with regard to sex. All of these things must be torn down. And if you oppose them, they will destroy you. If you oppose them, they will come after you. They will suggest that you are a bigot for some reason. If you stand up for women the way that Candace Owens did by saying they are not the sum of their body parts and are actually a lot more than that, and that degrading women to the level of their body parts means that you are degrading women utterly, if you do that, then these folks will come to destroy you. And they will make excuses for people who lie about you. If you say that boys are boys and girls are girls and a boy can't become a girl and to teach kids the opposite is damaging to children, this means that you're a villain and you must be stopped. If you're a parent and you don't want your kids indoctrinated in the idea that their race makes them either a victim or a victimizer, then this means that you must be monitored by teachers in Loudoun County. It's, it's, it's all insanity, but it is directed at one thing and one thing only, and that is tearing away, tearing away the fundamental pillars of a free society. It turns out that when you remove the pillars of the society, the, the edifice cannot stand. But these folks don't care because they don't want the edifice to stand. In a second, we'll get to how this has infused all of our politics, because it really has. First, Candace Owens, we've been talking about her today, obviously no stranger to controversy and has absolutely no fear when it comes to speaking her mind. We saw this just yesterday. And she renewed that fight with Cardi B over Cardi's um, performance at the Grammys. Obviously, Candace is willing to dive in where angels fear to tread. Candace lives rent-free in a lot of people's minds. You never know which one of her opinions will go viral. That is why you should tune in to her new talk show, Candace. It starts this Friday, March 19th. The show will be exclusive to Daily Wire members, but you can get a new membership right now for 25% off with code Candace over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. If you want a full recap of the Cardi B Candace Twitter feud, 
not from me, but from Candace. Join Candace and me and the rest of the Daily Wire gang tomorrow night for tomorrow's edition of Backstage. You can watch that at dailywire.com or on the Daily Wire YouTube. Tune in tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. here in Nashville at dailywire.com or the Daily Wire YouTube channel. And again, don't forget, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace. Get 25% off to access Candace's new talk show. That is dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace. You'll get 25% off. It's going to be awesome. As you can see, Candace uh, is, is not afraid of the fight. Go check out her brand new show. Get 25% off your entire Daily Wire subscription when you go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code Candace for 25% off. This is the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. The twin elements that we've seen in American culture of tearing down traditional values when it comes to men and women, and then also tearing down traditional American individualism, tearing down individual rights in the name of, quote unquote, group rights and racial politics. That continues apace. Again, there's only one thing that unifies these two branches, which kind of seem like they're in conflict with one another, right? Now, the whole idea behind tearing down traditional values on sex is that individualism, individual liberty should reign. There should never be any standards. And then when it comes to matters of society and, and, and group conflict, then the individual no longer matters. And the only thing that matters is the group. These two things would be in conflict, except for the fact that they make common cause to tear down traditional institutions. This is infused the Democratic Party. This is why you have Gavin Newsom, who is currently under recall in the state of California. Right? Gavin Newsom is now openly engaging in, in race baiting in order to try and retain his gubernatorial seat. So yesterday, he was asked about the recall, and he suggested it was QAnon folks who are behind the recall, which I'm sorry, there is no evidence that this is the case. Okay, it is not white supremacists and QAnon behind the recall. It's because you're a crappy governor and people in California do not like you enough to retain you in that seat unless you make an affirmative case as to why you have done a good job letting prisoners out of prison, making sure that there are tens of thousands of homeless people on the streets of America's major cities, raising taxes, and ensuring that everybody had to stay in their house for a year. If you can make that case, Go for it, Gavin. But it really is not about that, obviously, for, for Gavin Newsom. The idea is that anyone who opposes Gavin Newsom's agenda must be torn down. That They're all QAnon. They're all white supremacists. Also, just to make this even clearer, Gavin Newsom is now pledging that if Dianne Feinstein should retire, he will find the best available person to fill that seat who happens to be a black female. This is the way we're going to do politics now. We're going to go right back to treating people solely on the basis of immutable characteristics. The entire left, which says that you should not do that, right? Because you shouldn't. This used to be the claim that you shouldn't treat people differently based on immutable characteristics. Now, the suggestion is that you shouldn't treat people differently based on their behavior, but you should people tre treat people differently based on immutable characteristics. And so here is Gavin Newsom saying that he's going to appoint a senator solely based on race and sex. If, in fact, Dianne Feinstein uh, were to retire, uh, will you nominate an African-American woman um, to restore the seat that Kamala Harris is no longer in the United States Senate? And do you have a name in mind? I have multiple names yes in mind. Yes no. We have multiple names in mind. And the answer is yes. She's not going anywhere. I talk to her all the time. Uh, but in the context of that uh, question about a hypothetical, um, yeah, I answered it and I stick by my answer. His answer is that he is definitely going to appoint a black woman, which is amazing. Again, we are now just a point. Imagine if I mean, Diane Feinstein is a is a Jewish woman. And why not appoint a Jewish woman to fill her seat as long as we are just doing this by numbers? But no, like Kamala Harris left because she's the vice president of the United States, right? So her seat should have been filled by a black woman, but was not filled by a black woman. If we are now going to do this simply by race, Dianne Feinstein leaves and it's like, okay, do we have a black woman who can fill Kamala Harris's seat that wasn't Kamala Harris's seat? It was Dianne Feinstein's seat. 
the, the, the entire left is dedicated at this point. I mean, the mainstream radical left, not traditional liberals. Again, I make that distinction all the time. Mainstream traditional liberals look at this kind of stuff and they go, I, I'm not sure I like where this is going. But the radical left, which apparently has taken over the auspices of the Democratic Party, they've decided that racial essentialism and valueless sexual profligacy is, is the future of America. Or at the very least, it's a great tool in tearing down all of the institutions of power that surround us. Very exciting stuff. Meanwhile, we'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. Joe Biden's border crisis continues to explode. According to Ryan Saavedra, Democrat President Joe Biden's border crisis is rapidly spiraling out of control, as new reporting on Tuesday evening indicated that the number of unaccompanied children being held in detention facilities is more than 300% higher than previously known. CBS News host Nora O'Donnell says Biden's border crisis was quote-unquote growing larger and more dire by the day. According to O'Donnell, CBS News now knows that more than 13,000 migrant children who entered the country without their parents are now in U.S. custody. The government says even more adults are being turned back every single day. In a tweet, O'Donnell noted the 13,000 unaccompanied minors, which is significantly higher than the roughly 4,200 that were reported in U.S. custody at the start of the week, are being held in U.S. custody for an average of 120 hours, far longer than the 72 hours declared legal by law. According to the New York Times, migrant children are being forced to sleep on gym mats with foil sheets and go for days without showering as the Border Patrol struggles to handle thousands of young Central Americans who are surging across the southwestern border, some of them as young as a year old. First of all, I don't know how a, a year old child surges across the border. Are there human traffickers involved? There would have to be. Would there not? I have a one-year-old. She ain't walking across anything. And she can't walk across my kitchen. She ain't braving 100 miles of desert to get to the border. Many of the children interviewed by lawyers in recent days said they had not been allowed outdoors for days on end, confined to an overcrowded tent. Okay, but remember, when Donald Trump had the same facilities open, but with a fraction of the number of children in them, he was considered a Hitlerian figure who wanted to keep kids in cages because so much of today's liberalism is driven by this emotivist view that your intention and your feelings toward people matter a lot more than your treatment of people. There's a deeper agenda here, of course, and that is they want the border open. If they wanted to close the border, they could close the border. One of the things they would be saying if they wanted to close the border is some of the same sort of stuff that Trump was saying. If you come, you're not going to get to stay. If you come, we are going to turn your way. You're going to have to wait in Mexico. But Biden has reversed a bunch of those policies. Instead, Biden has been actively encouraging this stuff. You want to hear the most ridiculous, conflicted message ever. Here's Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the Department of Homeland Security head. His message was, don't come right now. Don't come right. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to work. That's going to work. Sure, you can come rob my store later when I have the facilities to, you know, handle the robbery. But don't come now. Don't do that. Illegal immigration is still a crime, by the way. 
And here was Alejandro Mayorka saying, don't come right now. You can come later and we'll take care of you later. But don't come right now. You think people are going to wait for that? People see the open door right now and they are rushing for it because that is what rational human beings do when presented with an opportunity like the Biden administration, which apparently believes the borders mean nothing. Here's the DHS secretary. We are building the capacity to address the needs of those children when they arrive. But we are also and critically sending an important message that now is not the time to come to the border. Do not take the dangerous journey now. Give us time to build an orderly, safe way to arrive in the United States and make the claims that the law permits you to make. Okay, or you could just rush the border right now know that Biden is just going to release you into the interior and then just show up to pick up your, your asylum. That, that's pretty much what you could do. And that'll work. That'll work. I mean, one of the, one, one of the most amazing things, one of the things that I, I will say uh, is, is pretty incredible, is that the Biden administration is simultaneously saying that they are providing a warmer message for immigrants and then at the same time saying that's having no impact on the, on the rates of illegal immigration. Here's Biden's border coordinator saying, you know, what's great about Joe Biden is he came in with a warmer message toward illegal immigrants. President Biden came into office with a much more humane message, with a message that we were going to enforce our laws, but also have a humane migration system. And I think what he means is that we are going to treat people fairly. We are going to reform our immigration system. Um, and so while I understand what he was saying, I think that it's it's not the way we would put it. It is a more humane system, but it is not open borders. Um, no, it's, it's pretty much open borders at this point. I mean, that's the message that you're conveying. It's a humane system, guys. We're going to provide you more resources as time goes on. And, you know, just give us some time so that we can let you in more easily. Or you could just rush the border now and then you can be in the United States. Right? My, my favorite thing is that now Biden is trying to walk this back. So he did an interview with George Stephanopoulos, very objective journalist, George Stephanopoulos, who used to be chief of staff to Hillary Clinton. Really, when, when I think objective journalists, I think people who literally worked for the former Democratic president of the United States and his wife. It makes absolute amazing objective journalism here. So Joe Biden is now saying the same thing that Donald Trump is saying. But when Joe Biden says it, it's nice because he's a houseplant. Because Joe Biden is a nice old houseplant, he is saying the exact same thing as Trump. Remember, it was incurable bigotry when Trump held like one third the number of people in custody this way. Okay, but when Joe Biden holds 300% more people than that, when Joe Biden is holding 13,000 migrant children in custody right now, specifically because he incentivizes them to cross the border, and then he turns around and he says, don't come. That's not bigotry, that's kindness. Here's Joe Biden being a kind bigot. The idea that Joe Biden said come, because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy and I won't do They're saying this. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They're not. Do you have to say quite clearly, don't come? Yes, I can say quite clearly, don't come. And what we're in the process of getting set up, don't leave your town or city or community. Don't come. We're in the process of setting up new systems to handle you. Don't come right now, because if you come right now, you might get to stay. And if you come later, you also might get to stay. And also, they're not coming because of anything that I said, even though they're coming because of things that I said. It, it, truly incredible stuff. Truly incredible stuff from the Biden administration. This is all on Joe Biden. Everybody knows this is on Joe Biden. It is, it is not kind to children to house them in tents, but that is what the Flores settlement requires. Okay, plus, they have no way to process these people. Joe Biden's softness on illegal immigration is leading to a mass wave at the border. We all know it. Even the media are picking up on it at this point. But here's the thing. The media can never admit 
that Trump's harsher on the border rhetoric actually made a difference in curbing the amount of illegal immigration crossing the border. They will never admit that Trump's border policies were more effective in shoring up the border than Barack Obama's or than in Joe Biden's. They can't do that. So instead, it's just another mystery wrapped in an enigma. It's amazing how when the Democratic talking points fall apart, the solution becomes we have no idea how this happened. It's just, it's, a, it's another giant mystery. It's all a giant mystery. Alrighty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Knowles Show, which is available right now on today's episode. Michael will be discussing Elliot Page on the cover of Time Magazine. So be sure to watch over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Columbia University hosts segregated graduation ceremonies. Illegal immigration hits record highs. And California Governor Gavin Mussolini admits he's worried about being recalled. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 